Good morning, Memphis. We are here with your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. My name is Anna Mullins-Ellis. I am here with New Memphis, uh, a local nonprofit that is working to make Memphis magnetic for talent. And I am here with my not regular co-host, but uh, regular friend. Uh, you, you might know her as other Anna. Uh, Anna Thompson, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Happy to be back. Yes, thank you. Anna um, is, is really the behind-the-scenes magic of Meanwhile in Memphis because she books all of our guests and pr- provides notes for me and I show up five minutes before we start recording and pretend like I've prepared even though I haven't. Um, no, she <laughs> no. really is excellent. So um, her voice is in every episode even when she's not on, on the mic. Um, but we have a great episode thanks to Anna, uh, other Anna and her great talents. Uh, this week we have uh, two wonderful guests. But before we get to that, we are here midsummer. I call, you know, these lazy days of July. It's, a uh, you know cool 90 something degrees outside and I am already thinking about the fall. (laughs) I am already thinking about uh, crisp weather and leaves falling and because of that, it has got me thinking about our fall calendar. We have a lot of stuff here at New Memphis that we're going to be doing in this next few months as uh, I'm using scare quotes here. Things return to normal and we can more safely gather. Uh, we've got a bunch of fun stuff outside. Um, and the first big thing that is coming up is 901 Day. Anna, when is 901 Day? What is that? Funny you should ask, Anna. Uh, so 901 Day, for those who don't know, is September 1st on anybody else's calendar. But here in Memphis, it is a celebration of all things Memphis. So for New Memphis, that means our exposure event. So save the date to come out and celebrate on 901 Day at the FedEx Forum. We will have lots to do, including giveaways um, like old Dominic samples from last week. You heard Alex Castle, the master distiller. Um, we will have downtown hotel packages and all-day passes to the Mempo Music Fest coming up in the fall. There will be a live painting from local artist Toonkey Berry. I think you might have seen some of his murals around town. Mm-hmm. One is at Ghost River, I do believe. We will have some live music with DJs from this very station, WIXR 91.7 FM to which you are listening currently. (laughs) Um, And then we will have free headshots for college students to help them launch their career in style in Memphis. So that plus a whole host of other things going on on 901 Day at FedEx Forum. Come down from 5 to 6.30 and check it out. And to learn more, go to www.exposurememphis.com for details. It's going to be great. It's always a, it's always a big fun day. Things are a little bit different this year because we want to stay outside and but it's going to be a big fun block party. And if you uh, like Memphis and you like any of the things that Anna just described, join us. It's free. It's fun. Uh, we'll see you on September 1st. Um, so getting back to today's episode, first is a great friend of New Memphis, James Ramson, who is uh, first and foremost a graduate of our Embark program. So he is an, an alum of New Memphis, part of the fam. Uh, he is also a VP at First Horizon Bank, so um, down down the street at our at our friends and partners over at First Horizon. Um, but he is here today to talk to us mostly about uh, some volunteer work that he does. So he is the board chair for 
the Young Professionals Council, which is a product of or a project of, I should say, the Greater Memphis Chamber. So um, he has helping to lead uh, the work that this YPC Council does. Um, so he's going to be here to talk with us a little bit about that. And then later on, we have new friend who I got to meet him for the first time, uh, Mike Allen. He's the executive director of the Memphis Botanic Garden. And he has a, just a lot. I mean, just looking at his CV is, is sort of mind blowing. Um, he's had lots of uh, really impressive careers and is now leading at this incredible asset. We're going to talk with him about what's happening at the garden, um, what's coming up. So if you're thinking about uh, going to visit soon, he'll give you some tips and tricks there. And I'm sure we'll ask him just how enraged he gets when people call it the Botanical Gardens, which somehow (laughs) just really sets me off. I don't know why. Um, So that's our episode today. So let's jump in. All right, we are joined in studio with James Ramson. James, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, so we we, we talked a little bit about you. You are um, a very accomplished young professional for um, somebody, again, as young as you are. Um, but I'm just curious, as you are thinking about your work, particularly at the Chamber, what drove you to want to both engage, support, develop other young professionals? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess it really kind of, my story starts back with, I guess a little bit about myself. I, I'm a native of Memphis, Tennessee, born and raised, been here my whole life, right? And I recognize a, a lot of the um, the unique culture and the potential opportunities that we have here. But the one thing for me was I, I felt disconnected from the city of Memphis. Um, so, you know, post-college, you graduate, your friends go to different states, everyone kind of goes down their different journeys. Um, and I found myself with a good opportunity working at a company, um, but I was just kind of going to work and going home going to work and going home. Um, I kind of lost that engagement to feeling connected to the city and feeling connected to the community. And so actually, my journey started with actually New Memphis. Um, I got involved in the Embark program. And so that gave me the first chance to really meet people and kind of network with other professionals, well, not necessarily professionals, but just people in general that were in my network, in my peer group that I could meet and learn more about. And actually, uh, I learned about this organization named Soundcheck, um, which was an organization with the Greater Memphis Chamber at the time. And so we've since then changed that name to Young Professional Council, um, YPC, also known as YPC. Um, But long story short, um, you know, through that engagement, through Embark and learning about Soundcheck, it just really was an opportunity for me to get more engaged in the city. Um, And so... Once I got that first foot in this uh, first step in the door uh, with the chamber and that organization, uh, from there it just became let's you know let's really work on building this organization up to help us connect with other young professionals, help us focus on giving people access to the resources and tools for them to continue to excel in their careers. And so, a lot more I can share there, but I'll pause there just to that's, that's no, kind we'll, of the story. No, we'll go ahead and cut you that check for the embark plug. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well done. You read that script perfectly. Uh, no, that that's great to hear, and it's certainly yeah. um, the motivation behind the creation of the embark program. Which, for our listeners who aren't aware, embark is a leadership program that we run at New Memphis for young professionals, particularly people in their twenties. So, mm-hmm. you know, I sort of joke sometimes that um, the the age for young professional kind of keeps like ticking up for me as I age. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm still I'm still young professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, I think specifically isolating those folks who are just in those first few years in their career, mm-hmm. because as you said, it's a it's both a challenging time professionally, to, especially for high performers. I think for those who are ambitious and really want to contribute and want to do their best um, to have access to mentorship, I think. But also, mm-hmm. you know, I think oftentimes, in, especially in a corporate setting, there's a lot of 
uh, resources and energy poured into executives, um, yeah. and whether that be professional development for them to go out and learn from others, to engage, to network. Um, and we sort of just assume that our young professionals are just going to figure it out. And I think that yeah. that script should probably be flipped where we're really pouring into our young leaders. Um, Absolutely. So I'm glad to hear that you had a positive experience in Embark. Oh, yeah. It was um, so I'm curious, you know, you, you mentioned we use the word engage a lot like how mm-hmm. you know I, I felt disengaged from the city or i wanted to engage engage with other young people for you personally on your journey what what does that what does that word mean to you like what does that include when you think about being like fully engaged in a community you know i i feel like it really means understanding so i i feel like it means really understanding what's going on in the city right so for me it was understanding what are what are those big projects that are going on that are transforming downtown. I've lived there my entire life. Um, I have seen this city grow in so many ways, and and right now I feel like we're really at this kind of um, at this point where we're about to take off to a next level with so many different investments that we see going on right now downtown, um, different investments in really just all aspects of our community right now. Um, for me, it's being connected, being engaged, knowing what's going on, understanding who your commissioners are, understanding who your council members are, understanding who's on the uh, the board of education, um, so that you're not just living in the city of Memphis, you're thriving in the city of Memphis because you understand how to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. Um, and so it, in addition to that, it's really about people, right? It's about building those relationships. Um, I work in the financial industry, so I, I've been in the, the banking industry specifically maybe almost 10 years now, um, but by getting in these organizations like with New Memphis Embark and, and now part of YPC, I get to meet people that are working in the, the uh, health industry, people that are working in transportation, people that are teachers. So I'm not just stuck in this one niche of, you know, just working with people that are like me and like-minded. Um, because for me, you know, once you get into that position of being comfortable, um, you're you're not progressing anymore. You really got to continue to try to make sure you're uncomfortable and you're being exposed to new things. And so being engaged in the city is being engaged in all aspects of the city, understanding everything that's going on. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so the thing that stuck out to me about what you said is like getting uncomfortable, getting used to being uncomfortable. Because even when you said what your what your what engagement means to you is like a whole new level of what I think even engagement means to me as what I consider myself just like Anna, a young professional. And so She's I, a slightly younger professional. <laughs> slightly younger. Um, but I don't even know that I could say, honestly, like that I know who all of my leaders are in the mm-hmm. city. And I'm born and raised in this city too, and I am super passionate about it. So why don't I? And so I think that's something that's interesting is that I know I feel like maybe two tiers down from what you're talking about. Instead of like <laughs> to be able to know and be engaged in yeah. that way. So I think that's I think a nice challenge, at least in my mind, to kind of Kind of step it up a little bit and not just know where the new like restaurants are opening no that's example. part I mean that's part of it as well though is, is supporting the our, the businesses that exist here in Memphis right it's about being able to actually keep the dollar here in the city of Memphis um, so that we can economically thrive in the city of Memphis so like you said understanding when those new local businesses open up those new restaurants it's good for us to go out there and support those uh, businesses but if you're not being exposed um, to you know, different information and different opportunities that exist, and you'll never be able to take advantage of that and help support those efforts. So, uh, well, and and I think that gets to what you were talking about, having this mix of folks where you're in an Embark class or you're in, you know, on on the YPC council, um, 
with a bunch of people who are just coming from different experiences and walks of life because the expectation can't be that every single individual knows everything, you know, has a deep dive into every important city issue. But to have these really impassioned and thoughtful individuals who come to the table with like, hey, I work in education and I can help give voice and be an advocate for urban education reform or I'm, you know, deeply interested in our park system or I'm, you know, really passionate about the arts and culture scene, which, you know, I think sometimes we we maybe diminish. I think we chastise ourselves for celebrating things that might seem less substantial, but they are really important. And, you know, knowing that there is new investment happening in our city, whether that's a new restaurant or a new, you know, locally owned business or, you know, a Fortune 500 company, you know, opening a new office in town. So I think that's uh, they're of equal importance. Well, Absolutely. thank you, thank you. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> this podcast is now just helping Anna's with thank it. Like you. like you have you every right to be very confident in your own abilities. In my in my superficial <laughs> endeavors. Also, in like city. I rely on you to tell me where to eat. So so you know it's fine. Um, so speaking of like Fortune 500 companies, can you tell us a little bit about your day job? Yeah. Um, so I am not a official. I am not an employee of the chamber. So. What I do with the Young Professional Council, which is an arm of the Greater Memphis Chamber, is strictly volunteer. So I am the board chair for that organization. But professionally, in my day job, I work for First Horizon Bank. Uh, Specifically, I help lead a payables product management team. And so I never thought I'd be working in banking, (laughs) just to put that out there. Why? Um, I was a criminal justice major. Uh, Went to University of Memphis, criminal justice major. Actually got in banking on the fraud side, so I worked in risk management. (laughs) You were like, well, there's... There's a, lot, there's a lot of crime happening in a bank. Too. Exactly. I mean, I was thinking I was going to stop these bank robbers and, and things like that. Um, but it, it was a, it was my step into banking. Um, so working on the risk management side, learned a lot. Um, ended up going to grad school and getting my MBA in IT management. Was able to kind of transition to the enterprise technology side. And then I found out about, you know, fintechs and, and how the uh, finance, the financial integration of technology and finance was really starting to transform how we do business. I've never um, heard the term fintech, but that is very. That's oh, yeah. Fintech is is, is is blowing up right now. It's, it's really interesting. Um, but long story short, it landed me in the treasury management space uh, specifically. And so what I do on a day to day basis is, is help build products that allow people to make payments all throughout the world. So. Um, it, it ultimately, what we try to do is aid our clients in being more efficient with their cash management. So if you've ever, let's say, made an internal account-to-account transfer or you've made a payment with a wire transaction or an ACH transaction or maybe you've just sent a checkout, we help kind of build that plumbing that helps those transactions mm-hmm. go back and forth between um, banks um, throughout you know the country and internationally as well. Thank you for putting that in layman's terms for me because I was <laughs> like, that's actually really. Whenever <laughs> I have like um, a, a mental block when like if you're talking to anybody who works in in some of our largest companies, you're like, oh, okay, so you work at FedEx or you work at yeah. First Horizon or you work at AutoZone, and and my mind first is like, okay, well that I don't I'm not gonna understand what you do. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean. I mean. <laughs> but then when you when you really are like, okay, no, like I also I I use I use ACH I use yeah, these things. And, yeah. So exactly. how long have you been at First Horizon? Um, it'll be ten years at the end of this this year. Wow. Yeah. Woohoo! Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. I. Tell us a little. I mean, we have some. I mean, obviously, First Horizon. You know, full disclosure is a is a supporter of New Memphis. Absolutely. They're great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the best talent, and I, you know, I I, I don't want to say that for. I mean, I, obviously, there are other great banks in the city who have great talent, but I'm always so impressed with mm-hmm. not just who they're able to recruit, but the fact that you are 
young and you've been working in the same company for 10 years is, is you're sort of a unicorn um yeah. and i i assume that has something to do with the first horizon culture like how do you what wh- why have you stayed for as long as you have it's, it's funny you ask that question because i actually um i told myself when i first joined three years and i'm mm-hmm. gone like because this was my first job out of college i was an intern um so i you know it was just the first opportunity presented to me i was thinking i'll be there three years and i'll head somewhere else um, three years is, has led me to almost 10 years, and, and it really is about the culture at the company. Um, they invest in you, um, and so similar to how I told you, I felt like I was just kind of going to work and going home. I realized that I had to get involved in that company to feel part of the culture, and so they have a lot of different opportunities there for you to get more involved in the company than just your day-to-day job, and, and once I started doing that, um, I saw that even within that ecosystem within the bank, I was able to build more relationships, network more. And actually, that what, that's kind of what led me to say, hey, I'm doing this now at the bank and I feel more, in, I feel more engaged. Let me do that in the city. And that's something that I've kind of found throughout my life is you can, you can participate in something. You can go to school. But if you, if you don't get involved in that school, you'll never feel that true engagement. You'll never truly understand that culture and that community unless you start actually trying to invest in, invest in it as well. And mm-hmm. so First Horizon Bank, um, they invested in me or I invested in them and they invested in me. So it was, uh, that's what's kind of has led me to be there for 10 years now. Uh, they should be writing you a check for that plug as well because that was quite quite <laughs> eloquent. Um, well, let's get back to I I, I want to come back to your work uh, as a volunteer leading yeah, yeah, yeah. the young professional council. I'm curious for any young professional who's mm-hmm. listening. One, what do y'all do? I mean, like what day to day, week to week, month to month? What what does uh, membership at the YPC look like? And if somebody's interested in in joining that fun stuff, how do they do it? Yeah, no, thank you for giving me this plug. Um, <laughs> so our, our mission, at, at, and I'll, I'll call it YPC, we're the Young Professional Council, but we're young, so of course we have to have an acronym. Of so, course, yes. <laughs> so we go by YPC, and in YPC ultimately our goal is to, like I said, empower young professionals with access to the resources and the tools for them to thrive in their careers and industries that they work in. But more specifically, um, we have different type of programming that we host throughout the year. So an example would be one of the events that we ha- we have that is pretty traditional for us is called a corner office. And so a corner office is ultimately where we will get a leader that is, um, you know, is, is art has already kind of built their journey and their career. Um, so maybe they can share some wisdom with our members. And so ultimately, we'll go to their office or maybe we'll find a venue and we'll give our members about an hour to listen to that leader that is maybe the CEO of a bank or the CEO of a nonprofit organization. Give a few minutes uh, about you know lessons that they've learned throughout their journey and then allow our members the opportunity to ask them questions. And so I, I'm, a, I'm a big um, supporter of mentorship and a big supporter of, you know, why should we make mistakes when other people have made these mistakes? Let's learn from the mistakes mistakes that have already taken place. And so we try to give our members that access, right? And and sometimes it's somebody that's speaking about something that's in a completely different field, like you were saying, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's biomedical medicine. And it's like, you know, what would I learn from biomedical medicine if I work in the financial industry? But you'll be surprised about a lot of the synergies that we all have as far as when it comes to your career, right? Like at the end of the day, Working is all about teamwork. It's about being able to deal with people. And there's so many lessons that we learn from these leaders when we get the opportunity to speak with them and hear about their experiences. Um, But in addition to just those corner office platforms that we we provide, we also offer uh, different networking events, right? So throw out another one that we do is actually a new segment that we've brought um, to fruition this year. 
and it's called our Professional Development Committee. And so this is really focused on bringing uh, actually tangible skills that our members can leave with. So, you know, one of the events we had earlier this year was an Enneagram event. Hmm. And so... Um, yes, I went to this. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing this you there. This is so cool. Yes. And um, it was an Enneagram professional. And, um, you know, he kind of went through the whole aspect of understanding what is your specific trait? What is your specific personality? How do you work with people? And how do people need to engage you to be effective in teamwork? And so... Um, you know, we'll have many more events like that throughout the year. Um, but ultimately, that, those are the type of events that we try to provide. It's just, you know, events that give people the skills that they need to take those skills to their careers and hopefully help them become to be the leaders of the future. Because that's that's what we will become is the leaders of the future will be the leaders of the city um, going forward. So. I feel so empowered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like it's like a Marvel film. I'm like we're the, the I mean, leaders we are. of the future. We are. <laughs> right now, I think I think Phase the stat is is from. that um, millennials are are now the majority, right, mm. of the professional workforce right now. And um, when you look at the greater Memphis area of 1.3, uh, I guess you could say 1.3 million people um, in the greater Memphis area, not necessarily those that are living in the city of Memphis, but those that are contributing to our economic development, um, the average workforce is about 36 right now. So, you know, ultimately, it's this we don't, it's, you know, young is subjective. Um, we don't really try to put an age range necessarily on, on, on our members. Anybody can join ultimately. But what we do recognize is that the people that are probably really going to benefit from the resources that we're, put, we're putting out there are typically those that are entry level, um, our middle management, or those that are kind of uh, treading on the waters of becoming those senior leaders in their organizations. That's and a good, so, good description. I like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I think that's what we, we kind of have to cross that bridge a lot at New Memphis, like defining. And we hate to put like Such what is what is young, what is mid career. And I think what you what you said is, is very succinct. It's really ha like what do you need out of something? Yeah, and if you yeah. feel like you're at a point where you're ready to take that next step. I think that this is a great resource. And, I, you know, I, I sing the praises of the chamber often um, on the show because you know, if you don't, if you're not familiar with our Chamber of Commerce, the Great mm -hmm. Memphis Chamber, I think, you know, chambers in every city in the country, not sure. every, but, you know, almost every city in the country has a chamber, whether you're a small town or a big city. And um, our chamber is really distinct and really unique. And they have developed such a authentic, caring network of, of leaders from yeah. your young professionals through, you know, our city CEOs who care really deeply about the city. And they're not, they are concerned about their own, you know, business investments, and so they're concerned about growing their talents and their teams. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that our chamber has really imbued in them a sense of collective responsibility for our city. And so I love to see them giving that to the to the next generation of leaders, as you said, because it's just as much about what can I get out of this in terms of networking and mentorship and, you know, an ability to really sharpen your skills, but it also just organically guides you towards and Therefore, what can you also be investing back into your community? I know you're, you're like the perfect example of somebody who, you know, I, I know you, you you mentor other young people. So you're kind of paying that forward while also mm -hmm. continuing to think about your own development. And we're, we're really proud that you are a New Memphis alum. Oh, um, I'm, you're I'm, one I'm, of the stars. So <laughs> we're really thrilled to have you. Before we let you go, sure. one question that I love to just sort of like end on is why Memphis? Um, you know, you, you mentioned that yeah. you went to college here. Are, are you from Memphis originally? Yeah, born and raised. So uh, 
at what point or if or was there a point when you said yeah i'm choosing memphis i'm gonna stay and, yeah and why um you know I, I i chose i would say you know you you graduate high school and you, you go to a school and the school that accepts you and, and for me um you know school going to college was a big transformation um, I, I decided, you know, I, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want to try to take advantage of my life. And so I, I decided to do that at the University of Memphis. And I'd say that's really was probably one of the, the growing, uh, one of those growing points for me. And, and, and building that relationship in that community and, and recognizing um, the people that were coming to the city of Memphis, choosing the University of Memphis for their education and the experience that I had there, um, it was really just a, a kind of an eye opener for me to realize how much potential was here in the city of Memphis. And then um, coming out of that experience, right, of, you know, loving the University of Memphis and, and then, you know, getting this job at First Horizon Bank and living in the city of Memphis, um, I, I just recognized that, you know, you don't always have to leave. So many people want to leave the city of Memphis because they're thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can leave the city of Memphis. Um, but in so many times, I saw people leave the city of Memphis and come back to the city of Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so with so much potential and opportunity here, it's like, why do you want to necessarily leave to go build up another city when this is your hometown? This is where you've lived your entire life. And you see the projection of this city. Like, we're, we're headed in a great direction. We're already a great city, um, but there's so much more opportunity for us. So I, I, we made a decision, my, my wife and I, we made a decision just to stay here in the city of Memphis. I mean, we both love this city. We love the culture. Um, you know, I've, I'm, a, I'm a musician, so I've, I've traveled all throughout the city playing music. I love our culture. I love our music. I love our arts. Um, I love our food. I, I've got no reason to leave. And, and right now, where we are positioned, um, it's, it's just so much opportunity for us to take advantage of. So I, I love our people and I love our city. That's, that's it. I love it. No better way to end. Love that's our people, love our city. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for joining us today yeah. for, for trekking downtown and um, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you all for having me. Happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Step into the fast lane with New Memphis Accelerate. Accelerate is a free three-month experience that offers college juniors and seniors the skills and networks necessary to get career ready. As part of the Accelerate program, students will grow as leaders, receive top-notch professional development, while exploring career paths available right here in Memphis. Do you have a high-potential college student who would benefit from this competitive program? Refer them today. Learn more at newmemphis.org. Well, we've got Mike Allen in the studio this morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. good. Wonderful. Good. Thank good. you for braving it to come downtown to leave your, <laughs> your beautiful workspace. What is it like to work in one of the most beautiful scenes in the entire city? It really is. I, um, I always say I have the best office in all of Memphis. I have a 96-acre uh outdoor gar you know, garden office, and I'm very lucky. I spent most of my career in the corporate world in my little office and cubicles or whatever I had at the time, and this is just so different and so great. So. Tell us a little bit about, I, mean, I think your, your resume is so fascinating. So you, you had a 25-year career in the corporate sector. Tell us a little bit about what, what was your last life and how did you decide to reinvent yourself as a nonprofit leader? Yeah, so um, I did. I spent about 25 years with International Paper. Um, big corporate. Yes. We've heard of them. We've yeah. heard of them here in Memphis, I hope. <laughs> We're yeah. big fans. Uh, people always ask me, did you come in the first wave? And I said, no, I came in the second wave, which was in, originally in 1989. 
uh, I'm from Chicago originally, okay. and okay. I actually worked for a division of IP up there and got transferred to the mothership mm-hmm. here, here in Memphis. Mothership, I love it. Um, and, uh, and, and ended up meeting my wife here, who is a, probably at this point a 30, 35-year employee of International Paper. And um, got married here, and then she and I, and IP was just terrific about this. They moved us along to advance our careers kind of, kind of jointly, and we, they found a way to move us to Wisconsin for about four years, okay. and then to Connecticut for about four years, and then we came back to Memphis in, uh, I guess, in August of 2001. And uh, it's one of the things about IP that I always like so much is they found a way, not just with Krista and I, but with others to, you know, who are couples to, to, to make it work and to allow both of us to advance our careers and move along. So anyway, I a love tip that. of the hat yeah, to IP no, that's for fascinating. that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was, and then, and I don't, and I, I, I didn't even, in about 2010, you know, I had just, I had, you know, I think I still had upside at IP, and I think people were still happy with me, but I had this sort of need to, or desire to do something else. And um, so I actually started a business, a small business, um, distribution business of disposable food service products, which was something that uh, IP manufactured. They ended up being my largest supplier. It was, uh, you know, a teeny tiny version of Amazon back in the day, you know. <laughs> Uh, never grew quite to what Amazon is, but it was fun, and, you know, and kind of got that worked that bug out of my system. Could I envision a business and mm. start it and grow it, and then ultimately sell it, which I did. Uh, and then, uh, so now what? And I found myself. Um, I'm Catholic. I was involved with the Catholic Diocese of Memphis at the time. Uh, I didn't really know a lot about Catholic charities, but the bishop at the time had asked me and some others to look at Catholic Charities of West Tennessee, which was doing wonderful work, but was struggling from a financial standpoint. And so I, I got involved just as a volunteer at first and trying to affect change, which is difficult, you know, when you're kind of really sort on the outside. And, and then, uh, <laughs> anyway, one thing led to another. I ended up going there as the CEO of Catholic Charities and uh, West Tennessee mm-hmm. and spent about six years there and, um, you know, a really fascinating, interesting experience for me. Um, the whole social, social justice part was something I, you know, I was aware of, but not overly aware of. Uh, felt like I did what I could do in terms of, um, you know, and this is the last thing you want to talk about in a social services agency, but, you know, optimizing it and trying to get it back on track financially and things like that. I think it's exactly, to have business acumen, to have that experience and to be able to apply that best practice to the nonprofit sector is such a gift. Yeah. Well, I did what I could. So (laughs) we'll we'll say that. Uh, But it was, you know, and I I always tell people, I, I learned far more in that experience, mm. you know, just the, the people you meet and the, the parts of our community that you go to that, you know, frankly, I had never really been overly exposed to before. Uh, so I spent about six years there, felt like I had done what I could do. And then this opportunity at the Memphis Botanic Garden popped up and, and I was uh, very, very interested in, in taking that on. Little, kind of a different situation. The, I think the garden was in general well run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, very high profile, as you guys know. Um, but I, I was drawn to it. it. It's, it's, and even I, I thought I knew what I was getting into there. But really, it was, it is so 
diverse. It has so many moving parts that people don't know. Everyone knows about the gardens, obviously. Everyone pretty much knows probably about Live of the Garden, which is our, you know, our summertime music series. But there's far less known about our educational programming mm-hmm. for kids and uh, all the way up through senior citizens. And they're really, you know, some people know, but they're, we have this really robust um, rentals program. You know, we have three venues. So, you know, weddings and corporate events and galas and things like that. Of course, the last year and a half, that's been a little soft. But <laughs> <laughs> Not the best time for that. No. But um, so anyway, you know, it, it really just has a lot of different moving parts to it and uh, I have found it fascinating to learn about each of those I'm not a gardener by you know by background or anything and still I would never claim to be a gardener but we have great people who do that but um, the music part the whole music industry part has been fascinating to learn about I think what we do in the educational realm you know with with kids primarily 40,000 kids from every corner of this community and we never ever say no to a kid or to a school you know Mm. even if you know we have a fee that we'd like to collect if we can (laughs) for field trips and things but you know if a school can't do it we come on in we'll 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 make it work and then the rentals business is probably the closest to my corporate experience Mm. just in the whole sense of you know customer service and you know planning and stuff like that right so what in your opinion other than the obvious, like you said, it's a 96-acre beautiful space mm-hmm. in the heart of Memphis. So what do you think makes Memphis Botanic Gardens such a citywide asset, if you had to just like in one or two sentences? Yeah. Well, it, it first of all, and, it, and I think we've all learned this lesson in the last 18 months or so, it's outdoors, you know, and, you know, and the, you know, that's obvious. But the last 18 months or so, that has really proven to be our strongest asset, uh, our daily attendance rates have been really good throughout almost the entire pandemic. Our membership rates are, are, are really quite good. Um, and so, and we don't take that for granted, but I think the reason that is, is because we are primarily an outdoor venue and we have lots of room for people to spread out and do the things that they want to do. Uh, when, you know, even during the height of the pandemic and, and, you know, we, we were all taking the trying to take the proper precautions with masks and such but um you know people could be comfortable there and that was a gift that you know we all knew we had we were outdoors that's obvious but um it really became more and more important i'm so excited to see how what the long-term impact of of that is and we were talking with jen andrews um our friend who runs Mm -hmm. selby farms um, right and they, of course, saw just, I mean, a very similar problem to yours where it's like, you, you know, attendance, you know, people visiting the park is, is up, you know, I can't remember the exact number, but it might have, it was more than doubled, right. you know, in the last year yeah. with revenue streams depleted. Um, right, right. Yes. Which, you know. <laughs> very not, familiar with that. <laughs> exactly. We're like, um, so, you know, how do you do your work and continue to serve all these folks? But I, yeah. I you know, I, I'm always looking for silver linings from the last year, um, and I and I hope and I think for me one of them is how much more I'm going outside, right. um, both to spend time with friends and family because that's how you could do it safely, but just being you know just having a realization that these assets that we might have taken for granted or just not appreciated in 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 the right way mm-hmm. to say like this is this is a right. gift. Um, so I, I hope that that, that that those members renew next right. year. As do we. Yes. You know, but I think it, just on that point, I, I think it's incumbent on us 
to make sure that we keep the venue interesting mm. and that we uh, don't take it for granted that people will renew or that they will keep coming up and that we keep our programming real robust and uh, try to you know, continue to build upon this momentum that really has happened. And while at the same time, as you said earlier, you know, uh, hoping and praying for our revenues to, to, to pick up, which in, in complete honesty, they are beginning to. I, I, I can imagine there's yeah. a, a backlog of, of yeah. weddings. And yeah, oh, the that... wedding the wedding business in the last oh, three months or so has been just terrific. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's yeah. a good segue talking about keeping your programming robust and like keeping everything fresh and interesting. A little birdie told me that y'all have made a lot of updates in the last year. Can you tell us a little bit about all the updates? Yeah. So um, it's funny. We we did it. We uh, our board approved a capital campaign in like September of, I think it was 2018. It all comes, comes it's together all now, together, it, yeah. roughly three years ago. And um, so we then began raising, it was a $6 million goal, and we began raising funding uh, right, right away. And then right when we were going to start the first major, and it was all for like infrastructure stuff. It was nothing really brand new. There was some some indoor, like the visitor center remodeling, and we have this thing we call the grand hallway that needed to be remodeled. A couple of gardens that needed to be refreshed, and one new garden that we created. Uh, and, you know, new fencing and sign. You know, nothing really, whatever. Flashy. But stuff that needed <laughs> stuff to be that done. You need, yeah. Right. You know, stuff that... Stuff that people will notice if it's not done. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, just as we let the contract out for the visitor center remodel, which was the was and is the biggest project we did, is when the pandemic hit. And we ended up being closed, I think, for six or seven weeks in March of 2020, mm-hmm. I guess it was. And um, that, again, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. We, no one was thrilled to be closed for that period of time. But we got a lot of the remodeling work done in, mm-hmm. a, in a less uh, intrusive way than it would have been if we had members and guests come in. You know, we had plans. So, you know, we'll, we'll let them in this way or that way and whatever. But we were closed for that period of time. And so we got a lot of work done really, really quickly. Um, and so now we have this really, I think, beautiful uh remodeled visitor center it hadn't been touched in i think 26 years or something like that it really was uh, it just it needed to be refreshed and then we did uh the grand hallway which if i know you guys are familiar with us but it leads to the goldsmith room which is one of the three venues where we typically host weddings and other events and it the the goldsmith room i think is beautiful you know it overlooks our sculpture garden and stuff and it's very delightful but the hallway that you have to walk down to get to it was from like the 1960s and the bathrooms were from the 1960s and not in a good way not, not in, like, in a good way yeah, no, not in like this you know really cool <laughs> no no so um actually the biggest transformation i think is that space you know it's it's like oh my goodness gracious that it really has changed um so we did that and uh, that's recently been finished um we're doing again you know fencing uh we put in new wayfinding signage which the garden has never really had so we now you know a lot of one of the complaints that we get in our surveys was well it was difficult for me to find my way to this garden or that garden 
or how do I find my way back out and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have a just intentionally trapping people. Right, right, right. So, you know, we, you know, and it's amazing how much money it costs to do wayfinding mm-hmm. signage. Who would have known? But uh, that's my realization about like literally everything. I'm like, I can't believe how much everything costs. It's yeah, just insane. Like, oh my goodness. Um, you know, we expanded our parking lot. It's nothing, you know. So, anyway, uh, the whole sum total of that, I think, is that we have really modernized our campus. And and uh, we've got a couple more projects to do, but we're probably 80, 85% done. And we did raise almost all the money. We, That's great. You know, we're maybe a couple hundred thousand short. But I, If anyone wants to donate a couple hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> just give your, me a buzz. Call. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take it. Uh, but I think we'll find that eventually. Yeah. So it was well, good. that's exciting. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Fun, fun. Well, tell us a little. I mean, you, you mentioned all of the stuff that's happening. Um, here we are, mid-July. What if somebody is listening right now and going, right. hmm, I haven't been to the garden in a minute. What's right. coming up where would be a good excuse for them to come out? Well, a couple of things. One is if you have children, uh, I always talk about our children's garden. Mm-hmm. And I don't use this word lightly, but it truly is a world-class it's incredible. children's garden. Yes. Uh, my predecessor, Jim Duncan, uh, led the effort on that with Mary Helen Butler and Jenna Harris from our office. Um it really is a special place for kids. So if you have children or grandchildren, that's always the first thing I say. Um, second thing I mentioned earlier, that we have a new garden. It's called the Urban Home Garden. And that the whole idea there is it's a demonstration garden. So whether you have a, a little apartment or condo here downtown or a big palatial home out in Germantown or Collierville, you know, there are gardening things that you can do. Maybe it's just on your balcony or maybe it's on a window Ooh. box. But this is this whole idea of our urban home garden is that it shows and demonstrates things that you can do in relatively small spaces or in bigger spaces. Hmm. So that's where it includes a new chicken coop. So, the, again, huh. the things you learn. Um, <laughs> the fastest growing hobby in the United States right now is chicken raising. My neighbor has a chicken. My neighbor has chickens in her backyard. Do they have a rooster? Thankfully, no. (laughs) Well, we've got one. So, (laughs) wow. I'm. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. That's that's a fascinating um, little little trivia. I I didn't know it either. I don't. I mean, like. Farm fresh eggs, right? Farm fresh eggs. I I I really do want the farm fresh eggs, but I also really don't want fowl in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> like well, we keep ours in a in a very nice coop. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're lovely. I'm like, sure they live a lovely life. I have this terrible memory of growing up. I, I used to ride horses when I was young, and the stable that I um, had my horse boarded at, the a man that worked there uh, and like lived on property um, had a pet rooster, uh-huh. and that was not a kind bird. Um, right. It did not. I think... I, I've been chased uh, by a rooster and like just pecking at it, and it hurts, and I will forever hold it against poultry. Right. Well, (laughs) so we have one rooster, and he has his own space in the coop, and and I love it when we, you know, if we bring visitors by, and if the the curator of that garden happens to be out there, I, I always tee this up for him. But I'll say, why? How come that? Uh, how come we keep the rooster in its special space? And he says, because he's not nice with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, For real, though. So oh we, my word. We let him out when when, I when guess he's when, when, it's when he's needed. needed. Right. Yes. Exactly. When his services are needed. <laughs> uh, the other thing, you know, just going back to what's com- coming up or going on. Of course, uh, we are absolutely thrilled that Live of the Garden has, yeah, has come so back. So excited. Yes. We had our first concert, you know. Uh, recently, recently, yes, with Little Big Town. And we have four more coming up throughout the summer and uh, 
the the last one is in October. It's Earth, Wind, and Fire. That one has sold out. But the other three, which are Brad Paisley, Cheryl Crow, and um, REO Speedwagon, yes. there are still tickets available for each of those. And please visit Ticketmaster.com <laughs> to, to, to yes. buy your tickets. If you haven't been to Live at the Garden, it's just such it's it is such a lovely venue. You guys do such a great job, and you you do feel like you are at a um, you know a big perfect you know what I mean. These are big bands. Oh, like, this is a big, big deal. Like, yeah. I, even I'm surprised we're getting Brad Paisley this year. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's a great lineup, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, you always have great lineups, I feel like, in my opinion. Yeah, but there's, yeah. I feel like there's always something for everybody. Well, thank you for saying that, because Sherry May and Jameson Totten, who are the two, that this is our 20th season, and Sherry and Jameson have been there from the beginning. And uh, they do work really hard to, to put on a first-class production. And, and all the, you know, really all the artists that we bring in, uh, this is their full show, typically. I mean, mm. it's... Uh, yeah. I like, yeah. Again, just going back to Brad Paisley, he's got it's the same touring show that you would see, you know, wherever he goes, and he's got a big tour this year with two opening acts, and we'll have all that, and it'll so be nothing, really fun. Yeah. Nothing is pared so, down. I love that. Yeah. So. Well, great. So let's see. So how can listeners kind of get involved and support? Yeah. Memphis Botanic Garden. So in terms of support, the the two things that I would suggest, one is memberships. So that's a, it's a significant part of our revenue. We talked about that earlier. <laughs> it's pretty inexpensive, $75 a family for a year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, it, and if you're single, we have a, an individual rate that I think is $40 per year. So, you know, all things considered, it's, it's pretty reasonable. Absolutely. Uh, it's also tax deductible. So, Love you know, that. that's a good thing. <laughs> um, so I always encourage and ask people to consider becoming a member. Um, and we have upper level rates too, which, you know, even better, but, uh, <laughs> uh, so that's one thing. And then the second is volunteerism. So we have a very robust volunteer program. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with volunteer odyssey. We, yes. we, we partner with those guys a lot. Um, some of our volunteers are, you know, regulars. They're there at once a week, maybe even twice a week, but more frequently, it's just someone who comes once or twice a year and it, they may have a particular garden that they're interested in, and they may want to learn more about that. So we connect them with the curator, and I can think of like the herb garden as one example. So you know they they've got a sort of a dedicated crew of volunteers who are fairly regular in going out to that particular space, and you know it's a social thing, and I think a little bit of a learning thing for the volunteers mm. certainly helps us. You know, it may not be the most interesting work in the world if it's pulling weeds or something like that, but it's very, very helpful to us. Um, and then other folks, you know, we'll have different organizations and corporations who uh, will bring a group of their employees in for half a day, as an example. And, you know, you could name virtually any major corporation here in Memphis, and I'll promise you they've done this with us. So, mm. you know, oh, cool. all the big folks and many, many medium-sized firms here in Memphis uh, do that. Um, so we frequently have volunteer opportunities. And the best way to sign up for or learn about that is just to visit our website, which is memphisbotanicgarden.com. That's so. good. I didn't really realize that there were so many volunteer opportunities. Yeah, That's like, can, interesting. I, can I get some volunteers at my house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for you know, my pull, garden? Pulling weeds. Yeah. yeah, right, right. That is the one. The weeds are the. They're just. They're just. The, yes. the toughest thing for us to deal with. You know, there's 96 acres, and but we we do our best. 
I, you guys no, do a great it's, job. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and joining us today. It's well, this was great. fun and I, very yeah. quick. We, we, yeah. we, we try to do our best to yeah. extract as much information in a short period of time yeah. and then send you on your way. No, I really appreciate it. It was very fun and uh, look forward to having you guys out at the garden soon as well. Yes. We're, we're excited. You'll see us there. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Bye. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR 91.7 FM. And we are super excited to have Megan Eccles, who is a new New Memphis staff member in studio with us today, to talk briefly about what her work consists of. And it is our Accelerate program. So we are super excited to have you in studio today. Welcome, welcome, Megan. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yay. Okay. So you are not only new to New Memphis, but you are relatively new to the Memphis area. So what brought you to Memphis? So I came to Memphis by way of marriage. As um, as I've been living in Memphis, I noticed that so many people come to Memphis by way of love. <laughs> um, so I moved here last April and got married in May. Yay. Wedding bells, we love it. Love to love. Yes. Um, so how do you like it so far? I actually love Memphis. The culture is unmatched here in the city. Yay! And we love to hear it. Yes. So then specifically, you your work here at New Memphis. So you, you are a recent hire. You've only been here a couple months, a month? Uh six weeks. Six weeks. So right mm-hmm. in between. I was almost right on the money. <laughs> so you work your work primarily focuses on young adults. So tell us a little bit about the Accelerate program. Yeah, so Accelerate is really geared towards those students who are wanting to take a major deep dive um, into professional development and really go a step further than just going to one event here, one event there. Um, We are a cohort-based program, and we actually do programming over the span of three months. So students are really taking the time to dedicate about two hours each session, um, two sessions per month over the span of the fall semester. Semester, and then we also have a cohort um, cohort over the spring semester as well. So it's definitely for those students who, <clears throat> if they've had an internship, they're definitely wanting to develop a little bit more and really um, further equip themselves to be successful in the workplace. And then for the students who, if they haven't had an internship just yet, they're really wanting to um, build up those skills and really build their resume and make sure that they are ready and able to um, land a big internship in the city. Yeah, so ideally, who would be a great candidate to participate in this Accelerate cohort? Yeah, so we really want to make sure that we have a diverse class. So ideally, those students who have already had an internship but are wanting to further develop, um, but also those students who are in their junior or senior year, that um, group of students is extremely important for us to make sure that we're connecting to. That way, of course, um, not only are they prepared for the workforce, but also they feel connected to the workforce in Memphis and want to stay with us here. Okay, so for clarity, junior and senior in college, correct? Yes, junior and senior in college. Um, High school juniors and seniors, we love you, but we cannot have you just yet. (laughs) But so tell us a little bit about how this works in conjunction with our launch programming. 
So I like to tell students that Accelerate is basically that extension of launch programming. So if you go to um, like Pathways to Professions and um, as a launch event, or if you go to Headshots and Happy Hour, any launch event that you're like, wow, I really like this and I really want to um, become further invested, definitely look into Accelerate because Accelerate is going to take all the things that you learn at the one-off events that launch hosts um, and really hone in. In and focus it and really drill it in over the span of a semester. So if you're wanting to um, do more than one professional development session and really um, focus in on that cohort model and make sure that you're building community, I definitely think Accelerate is the place for students to transition to from launch. Okay, okay, great. So why do you think this opportunity is so important? I think that it's most important because we in Accelerate, not only are we, you know, taking the time to invest in students professionally, right, Um, but we're also connecting them to a group of students that they may not have otherwise met um, because we do serve students at all of the institutions in Memphis, um, ranging from Lemoyne Owen to Christian Brothers Rhodes, University of Memphis. Otherwise, they may not be connected to those individuals. So um, beyond the professional development, they're really getting over a well-rounded group of individuals to learn from who are also like-minded. Ooh, I like that. That might be like my favorite part. That's like the thing yeah. that makes me like really want to like latch on and learn more because like you said, like where they all intersect, it might not, they might not naturally intersect. Um, just because you're a college student in Memphis doesn't mean you're automatically going to have a lot in common with a lot of other college mm-hmm. students in Memphis. So I think it's great that you're kind of putting everybody together to kind of shake things up. Everybody can learn from each other with new perspectives, build on those, and then also, like you said, create community so that when everybody is on the job hunt, you have those connections. You have kind of a, a broader network to be able to pull from and yeah. do it together, which is really cool and something I wish I would have had more of when I was that age. Yeah, and I mean, beyond that, considering the new Memphis network, right, like we are plugged in um, and connected to so many different area employers. Um, And so students may have that interest in contacting or connecting with folks at FedEx or AutoZone or, you know, other places that we really partner with. And they may not necessarily know where to start. And so Accelerate is also good in that way that we're able to really gauge their interests and then um, be able to point them in the right direction and make sure that they're really plugged in and getting the most out of the program. I love it. So what are a few things that you think, um, or that you know, sorry, not that you think, but (laughs) that you know that um, graduates of this cohort will walk away with some some skills or some some things that might get some people on the hook here. Yeah, so their communication skills will definitely be stronger. Of course, their network naturally will be broader, which we love to see. Um, And then beyond that, their resumes will be put in the faces of our new Memphis connections and so that otherwise may not happen so I definitely tell students you're getting to really develop that communication piece um, and really grow build your strengths and then also get to network and then at the very end towards graduation get put in front of those employers that they're really wanting to connect with. So Megan can you tell everybody how much it costs to be a participant in the Accelerate cohort? Yeah, so Accelerate is actually free for students, um, so we definitely don't want to create any financial barriers, so please know that the programming is completely free to you if you qualify. 
So like all of our collegiate programming, we work really hard with a lot of our generous sponsors and funders around town to make sure that um, our college, collegiate programming, so launch and accelerate, are free to those who are involved. We want to make sure, like Megan said, that there is no barrier of entry to these resources because we think that they're essential for the next generation of a workforce to um, have the access to these resources. So if... You listener know of a college junior or senior, um, how, Megan, can they get connected to the Accelerate program? Is it a nomination thing? Did they apply? How do we, where do they go? Yeah, so we actually have nominations and applications. So if you know anyone who is um, a bright student, high performing, um, definitely feel free to nominate them. You guys can go to newmemphis.org and just click on the Accelerate program. And then there's a little button to nominate students. Um, And the same with the application. If a student believes that um, they are high performing or feel like they will be a great fit for Accelerate, definitely tell them to apply. Um, Our application deadline is coming up very quickly, September 1st, so we want to make sure that we are getting students plugged in and connected. Um, And then also, of course, they can email me if they have any questions about nominations or about applications at megan at newmemphis.org. I love it. And if you have other questions, too, feel free to email us at info at newmemphis.org, too. Well, this has been lovely, Megan. Thank yes. you so much for dropping in the studio. And of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, again, if you know any college juniors or seniors, please, please, please send them our way for Accelerate so that they get to develop their own skill set and then also see how great Memphis is as a place to live, work, and play. Thanks. Thank you. All right, that does it for this week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. Once again, we are here with you every Tuesday at 8 a.m. on WYXR-FM. If you're listening to us now, thank you. Or you might be listening to us as a podcast. We have new episodes that uh, come out every Tuesday at 9.01 a.m. So thank you for joining us this week. Anna, if they want to, they're just hungry for more New Memphis content, where can we direct these eager, eager listeners? So I would also first implore you, if you like, what you hear and you are listening on a podcast streaming service to like us, rate us, leave us a review, let us know what you like. Um, maybe not what you don't like. Maybe send that in an email to info at newmemphis.org. Or, or don't send it all. Just, <laughs> yeah. just let it go. Just bite your go tongue. Go on with your yes. life. <laughs> um, but we do welcome any guest suggestions or ideas from our avid listeners. Um, you can send those to info at newmemphis.org. And if you want to see more about what we're doing, you can follow us on any social channel, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at The New Memphis. And you can learn even more about what we do at newmemphis.org. All right, Memphis, we'll see you next week. Bye. Step into the fast lane with New Memphis Accelerate. Accelerate is a free three-month experience that offers college juniors and seniors the skills and networks necessary to get career ready. As part of the Accelerate program, students will grow as leaders, receive top-notch professional development, while exploring career paths available right here in Memphis. Do you have a high-potential college student who would benefit from this competitive program? Refer them today. Learn more at newmemphis.org.